section four of fancies versus fads by g k chesterton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. fancies versus fads by g k chesterton section four the meaning of mock turkey having lately taken part in a pageant of nursery rhymes in the character of old king cole i meditated not so much on the glorious past of the great kingdom of colchester as on the more doubtful future of nursery rhymes the modern movements cannot produce a nursery rhyme it is one of the many such things they cannot even be conceived as doing but if they cannot create the nursery rhyme will they destroy it the new poets have already abolished rhyme and presumably the new educationalists will soon abolish nurseries or if they do not destroy will they reform which is worse nursery rhymes are a positive network of notions and illusions of which the enlightened disapprove to take only my own allotted rhyme as an example some might think the very mention of a king a piece of reactionary royalism inconsistent with that democratic self-determination we all enjoy under some five controllers and a committee of the cabinet perhaps in the amended version he will be called president cole probably he will be confused with mr g d h cole the first president of the guild socialistic republic with the greatest admiration for mr cole i cannot quite picture him as so festive a figure and i incline to think that the same influences will probably eliminate the festivity it is said that america having already abolished the bowl is now attempting to abolish the pipe after that it might very reasonably go on to abolish the fiddlers for music can be far more maddening than wine tolstoy the only consistent prophet of the simple life did really go on to denounce music as a mere drug anyhow it is quite intolerable that the innocent minds of children should be poisoned with the idea of anybody calling for his pipe and his bowl there will have to be some other version such as he called for his milk and he called for his lozenge or whatever form of bodily pleasure is still permitted to mankind this particular verse will evidently have to be altered a great deal it is founded on so antiquated a philosophy that i fear even the alteration will not be easy or complete i am not sure for instance that there is not a memory of animism and spiritism in the very word soul used in calling the monarch a merry old soul it would seem that some other simple phrase such as a merry old organism might be used with advantage indeed it would save more advantages than one for if the reader will say the amended line in a flowing and lyrical manner he cannot but observe that the experiment has burst the fetters of formal metre and achieved one of these larger and lovelier melodies that we associate with verse libre it is needless to note the numberless other examples of nursery rhymes to which the same criticism applies some of the other cases are even more shocking to the true scientific spirit for instance in the typically old-world rhyme of girls and boys come out to play there appear the truly appalling words leave your supper and leave your sleep 
as the great medical reformer of our day observed in a striking and immortal phrase all eugenists are agreed upon the importance of sleep the case of supper may be more complex and controversial if the supper were a really hygienic and wholesome supper it might not be so difficult to leave it but it is obvious that the whole vision which the rhyme calls up is utterly incompatible with a wise educational supervision it is a wild vision of children playing in the streets by moonlight for all the world as if they were fairies moonlight like music is credited with a power of upsetting the reason and it is at least obvious that the indulgence is both unseasonable and unreasonable no scientific reformer desires hasty and destructive action for his reform is founded on that evolution which has produced the anthropoid from the amoeba a process which none have ever stigmatized as hasty but when the eugenist recalls the reckless and romantic love affairs encouraged by such moonlight he will have to consider seriously the problem of abolishing the moon but indeed i have much more sympathy with the simplicity of the baby who cries for the moon than with the sort of simplicity that dismisses the moon as all moonshine and indeed i think that these two antagonistic types of simplicity are perhaps the pivotal terms of the present transition it is a new thing called the simple life against an older thing which may be called the simple soul possibly exemplified so far as nursery rhymes are concerned by the incident of simple simon i prefer the old simple simon who though ignorant of the economic theory of exchange had at least a positive and poetic enthusiasm for pies i think him far wiser than the new simple simon who simplifies his existence by means of a perverse and pedantic antipathy to pies it is unnecessary to add that this philosophy of pies is applicable with peculiar force to mince pies and thus to the whole of the christmas tradition which descended from the first carols to the imaginative world of dickens the morality of that tradition is much too simple and obvious to be understood to-day awful as it may seem to many modern people it means no less than that simple simon should have his pies even in the absence of his pennies but the philosophy of the two simple simons is plain enough the former is an expansion of simplicity towards complexity simon conscious that he cannot himself make pies approaches them with an ardor not unmixed with awe but the latter is a reaction of complexity towards simplicity in other words the other simon refuses pies for various reasons often including the fact that he has eaten too many of them most of the simple life as we see it to-day is of course a thing having this character of the surfeit or satiety of simon when he has become less simple and certainly less greedy this reaction may take two diverse forms it may send simon searching for more and more expensive and extravagant confectionery or it may reduce him to nibbling at some new kind of nut biscuit for it may be noted in passing that it probably will not reduce him to eating dry bread 
the simple life never accepts anything that is simple in the sense of self-evident and familiar the thing must be uncommonly simple it must not be simply common its philosophy must be something higher than the ordinary breakfast table and something drier than dry bread the usual process, as I have observed it in vegetarian and other summaries, seems in one sense indeed to be simple enough. The pie man produces what looks like the same sort of pie, or is supposed to look like it, only it has thinner crust outside and nothing at all inside. Then, instead of asking simple Simon for a penny, he asks him for a pound, or possibly a guinea, or a five-pound note and what is strangest of all the customer is often so singularly simple a simon that he pays for it for that is perhaps the final and most marked difference between simon of the simple spirit and simon of the simple life it is the fact that the ardent and appreciative simon was not in possession of a penny the more refined and exalted simon is generally in possession of far too many pennies he is often very rich and needs to be for the drier and thinner and emptier are the pies the more he is charged for them but this alone will reveal another side of the same paradox and if it be possible to spend a lot of money on the simple life it is also possible to make a great deal of money out of it there are several self-advertisers doing very well out of the new self-denial but wealth is always at one end of it or the other and that is the great difference between the two simons perhaps it is the difference between simon peter and simon magus i have before me a little pamphlet in which the most precise directions are given for a mock turkey for a vegetarian mince pie and for a cautious and hygienic christmas pudding i have never quite understood why it should be a part of the simple life to have anything so deceptive and almost conspiratorial as an imitation turkey the coarse and comic alderman may be expected in his festive ribaldry to mock a turtle but surely a lean and earnest humanitarian ought not to mock a turkey nor do i understand the theory of the imitation in its relation to the ideal surely one who thinks meat-eating mere cannibalism ought not to arrange vegetables so as to look like an animal it is as if a converted cannibal in the sandwich islands were to arrange joints of meat in the shape of a missionary the missionaries would surely regard the proceedings of their convert with something less than approval and perhaps with something akin to alarm but the consistency of these concessions i will leave on one side because i am not here concerned with the concessions but with the creed itself and i am concerned with the creed not merely as affecting its practice in diet or cookery but its general theory for the compilers of the little book before me are great on philosophy and ethics there are whole pages about brotherhood and fellowship and happiness and healing in short as the writer observes we have also some mental helps 
as set forth in the flood of psychology literature today but raised to a higher plane it may be a little risky to set a thing forth in a flood or a little difficult to raise a flood to a higher plane but there is behind these rather vague expressions a very real modern intelligence and point of view common to considerable numbers of cultivated people and well worthy of some further study under the title of how to think there are twenty-four rules of which the first few are empty your mind think of the best things appreciate analyze prepare physically prepare mentally and so on i have met some earnest students of this school who had apparently entered on this course but at the time of our meeting had only graduated so far as the fulfillment of the first rule it was more obvious on the whole that they had succeeded in the preliminary process of emptying the mind than that they had as yet thought of the best things or analyzed or appreciated anything in particular but there were others i willingly admit who had really thought of certain things in a genuinely thoughtful fashion though whether they were really the best things might involve a difference of opinion between us still so far as they are concerned it is a school of thought and therefore worth thinking about having been able to this extent to appreciate i will now attempt to analyze i have attempted to discover in my own mind where the difference between us really lies apart from all these superficial jests and journalistic points to ask myself why it is exactly that their ideal vegetarian differs so much from my ideal christian and the result of the concentrated contemplation of their ideal is i confess a somewhat impatient forward plunge in the progress of their initiation i am strongly disposed to prepare physically for a conflict with the ideal vegetarian with the only hope of hitting him on the nose in one of mr p g wodehouse's stories the vegetarian rebukes his enemy for threatening to skin him by reminding him that man should only think beautiful thoughts to which the enemy gives the unanswerable answer skinning you is a beautiful thought in the same way i am quite prepared to think of the best things but i think hitting the ideal vegetarian on the nose would be one of the best things in the world this may be an extreme example but it involves a much more serious principle what such philosophers often forget is that among the best things in the world are the very things which their placid universalism forbids and that there is nothing better or more beautiful than a noble hatred i do not profess to feel it for them but they themselves do not seem to feel it for anything but as my new idealistic instructor tells me to analyze i will attempt to analyze in the ordinary way it would perhaps be enough to say that i do not like his ideals and that i prefer my own as i should say i did not like the taste of nut cutlet so much as the taste of veal cutlet but just as it is possible to resolve the food into formulas about proteids so it is partly possible to resolve the religious preference into formulas about principles 
the most we can hope to do is to find out which of these principles are the first principles and in this connection i should like to speak a little more seriously and even a little more respectfully of the formulas about emptying the mind i do not deny that it is sometimes a good thing to empty the mind of the mere accumulation of secondary and tertiary impressions if what is meant is something which a friend of mine once called a mental spring clean then i can see what it means but the most drastic spring clean in a house does not generally wash away the house it does not tear down the roof like a cobweb or pluck up the walls like weeds and the true formula is not so much to empty the mind as to discover that we cannot empty the mind by emptying it as much as we can in other words we always came back to certain fundamentals which are convictions because we can hardly even conceive their contraries but it is the paradox of human language that though these truths are in a manner past all parallel hard and clear yet any attempt to talk about them always has the appearance of being hazy and elusive now this antagonism when thus analyzed seems to me to arise from one ultimate thing at the back of the minds of these men that they believe in taking the body seriously the body is a sort of pagan god though the pagans are more often stoics than epicureans to begin with it is itself a beginning the body if not the creator of the soul in heaven is regarded as the practical producer of it on earth in this their materialism is the very foundation of their asceticism they wish us to consume clean fruit and clear water that our minds may be clear or our lives clean the body is a sort of magical factory where these things go in as vegetables and come out as virtues thus digestion has the first sign of a deity that of being an origin it has the next sign of a deity that if it is satisfied other things do not matter or at any rate other things follow in their place and so they would say the services of the body should be serious and not grotesque and its smallest hints should be taken as terrible warnings art has a place in it because the body must be draped like an altar and science is paraded in it because the service must be in latin or greek or some heretic tongue i quite understand these things surrounding a god or an altar but i do not happen to worship at that altar or to believe in that god i do not think the body ought to be taken seriously i think it is far safer and saner when it is taken comically and even coarsely and i think that when the body is given a holiday as it is in a great feast i think it should be set free not merely for wisdom but for folly not merely to dance but to turn head over heels in short when it is really allowed to exaggerate its own pleasures it ought also to exaggerate its own absurdity the body has its own rank and its own rights and its own place under government but the body is not the king 
but rather the court jester and the human and historical importance of the old jests and buffooneries of christmas however vulgar or stale or trivial they appear is that in them the popular instinct always resisted this pagan solemnity about sensual things a man was meant to feel rather a goose when he was eating goose and to realize that he is such stuff as stuffing is made of that is why any one who has in these things the touch of the comic will also have the taste for the conservative he will be unwilling to alter what that popular instinct has made in its own absurd image he will be doubtful about a christmas pudding moulded in the shape of the pyramid or the parthenon or anything that is not as round and ridiculous as the world and when mr pickwick as round and ridiculous as any christmas pudding or any world worth living in stood straddling and smiling under the mistletoe he disinfected that vegetable of its ancient and almost vegetarian sadness and heathenism of the blood of baldur and the human sacrifice of the druids end of section four recording by linda johnson